That's natural. That's a conversation. Not, you don't sit down next to somebody and go, can I have 27 seconds to tell you why I sat down next to you? Welcome to Decision Point, a podcast about overcoming adversity in sales and the growth that we experience in the process. I'm Brad Siemens. Welcome back to Decision Point. This is part two of the interview with Kendra Warlow. And be sure to stay tuned because Kendra wants to challenge some of our community members. Sandler, I believe, teaches these reps to be really not curious. In in your and I know Josh is. I've, I've listened to a lot of his stuff, and he talks about the, the talks about curiosity and the importance of like you know he's really into Chris Voss. But even if you listen to Chris, he's very conscious of the fact that a lot of the questions, like how you ask a question, is really important because it can come off as like demeaning. And so what's happening with these early on BDRs and SDRs is we give them these questions and then they're just really insulting. Like I was listening to, oh yeah, you're covering up. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm, I'm like, I know, I know this because I've, I, I have helped SDR teams and listened to them and been like, oh, well, they're just not following the that. scripts, right? And so like, and I think the other thing you got to be careful of when it comes to buyers, the one, and, I, and I like Sandler, but I think, and I'm using them and, and, you know, they're probably like disc is to personality profiles. They're kind of the, everything sort of breaks from, everything sort of uh, from that template, right? Or some version, some version of that. What I think happens yeah. too, is that you create a situation where not only do you potentially demean your buyer, but everybody doesn't buy in a pain funnel. Like I don't buy in a pain funnel. So like, for example, as soon as they start asking, like, like my pain funnel blockers go up. Like, I don't like being, I don't like being in the pain funnel. Like it doesn't, I, I just don't like it. Now, some of that is, I think as a buyer, I like to see, like I buy things not because I necessarily am in pain, but because I have a vision for what I want the future to look like. And I don't believe that the BDRs or even the AEs can actually tell me whether their product's a good fit for me. Because what I want to know is like, show me, show me your product and let me figure out, you know, how we can get this into our organization or into our product. Like I may want to. Brad, I'm going to push on you on that. You're a unique person to talk to. I think, and, and maybe you can challenge me back on this. I think there it's a, oh man, it's like the golden nugget when you get a C-suite level person who's like, you know, I really do care about, you know, the future in terms of like, let's look at tech now for the future. Let me see how I can plug you in because I like what this is. I think it's, it's rare to get to find a CEO or not even a CEO, just a C-suite level person like that. And I think for two reasons, right? One is they've been sold to this one way for so long, right? And so they do the same thing, right? They, they, they put up the blockers, but I, I would guarantee it that when you meet salespeople and you're like, let me figure out how I can fit this into my org, they're kind of like, 
Yeah, you break the you, and I try to be cognizant of the fact that, like, hey, look, you got a little. So, like, if you were selling me, I'd be like, hey, Kendra, look, I know you got a little speech. I know you got all your little questions. You know, I want to be, I want to be, you know, as polite as I possibly can, and I want to answer your questions the best that I can. But it's like real possible that, like, there's not. Like, I'll give you a really good example. This rep calls me, gets me on the phone. He, he, I'm not interested. We're users, but he's trying to sell. We can't, the only way this thing's going to work is if their product integrates with our product. So I'm like, can you tell me, do you have an API? And he's like, let me get back with you. So he calls me back. He's like, we got an API. I'm like, okay, great. So then I get on with the, that's like the junior guy. Now I'm on with like the, not super senior, but I'm on like with the senior, um, just like two days older than the junior rep is now on the phone. And he immediately... Like just starts going through the 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 pain funnel and like tell me your process and I'm like here look yeah. I, I my interest is if we can move everything onto one platform I've talked to you guys like a hundred times I I've got a, we've got a really specific play and strategy that we run I've yet to see where could solve this problem is a piece of the solution currently. If we can solve the whole problem and we can move everything onto one platform, I'm I'm all aboard. Didn't listen. Yeah. Asked all the questions, but he didn't listen to any of the answers. He'd never been to our website. He argued with me about the the like the integration, like why like he demeaned me when I asked for an API. He's like, Well, what do you need an API for? And I'm like, Well, hey, we need an API because I need our data to come from this application into this application. He's like, Well, you can use the phone integration. I'm like, hey, look. I can't use your phone because we're in the phone business. Like that's that. So he just totally, but what it really came down to when we got off the, if he had just simply cared, the call would have gone great. Like, I mean, that's, if you want to be a good SDR, just care a little bit. Like, like be naturally inquisitive. Like if you can just find, find something, like I realize people are boring, but find something that you can get interested about. Cause that makes the whole thing better. Like, I think that's the, well, that's the, that's the prevailing debate right now, Brad. Can you teach curiosity? Can you teach it? I see this all over LinkedIn right now about people having natural curiosity, and that's what makes them good at sales because they care because they're curious. They want to know, right? Like I would have asked about, you know, history of the company. How did you develop this? How did you get into this? Where did your idea come from? to build monster connect and like where did that like now what how did you you know how did you get to where you are now and hear your story see the thing that that only matters if you really care if you don't care now i'm like really annoyed with you because i'm like i know you just asked that question and and there's a balance right i mean i i don't i don't know i mean what are the what are the flags that you look for when you care, because you just mentioned this with, you know, Chris Voss talks about how you ask questions, right? And it's the same thing. Like when I called Josh, I wasn't like, how do you know you have failed payments? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, well, hold on. You bring up a really good point because, you know, as it pertains to Chris, because I love Chris's stuff. Yeah. But if you're not careful, you will think he talks to people like that. But that's not how he talks to people. No, it's not. No, he no. does not talk to people like that. Anyway. But that's the same. That's the point. So like, what are the flags you look for? Right? Because yeah, I could roll up and inauthentically say like, so what's your founder story? Right? Right. Or I'm like, Brad, it is so spectacular to spend time with you today. Thank you. 
I would love to know your journey from, you know, inception of this idea to where we are today. So, so you, I'm, I'm like going back. Can you teach curiosity? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm naturally curious. Like I find lots of things very. In- were you taught that? Were you taught to that? To be curious? When you were. I, th- I think we were encouraged, to, or at least I was. I don't know about my other siblings, but I was encouraged to read. And yeah. so I read a lot. And I think. I think reading, it makes you curious and, and I find it hard. I mean, I, I, yeah, I reading makes you curious because you start reading things and then there's, there's like all these little links. It's like you start reading about a person, particularly if you read biographies, I think it makes you more curious, but you start reading about a person and then they're like, they mention something you're like, Oh, well, what's that? And, and there's all this content in a, in a book. And then you just start figuring, well, you just start thinking to yourself, well, how'd that get in here? Where'd that come from? So, so yeah. I don't know if I was, I mean, we were, we were taught to, or we were encouraged to read. I mean, reading was a really big, it was a really big thing. So I, I would yeah. assume that maybe the, the curiosity is from the reading, but I don't know. I mean, some, you know, some people read and. I think it's a tough, it's a tough thing to teach because if I think back to where my curiosity came from, it came from PBS. We had three channels growing up. PBS was one of them. The best part of did you grow up on a farm? No, nope, nope. No farm. Okay. Um, PBS was the best. Nova, American Scientific Frontiers, Ken Burns. Uh, Did you watch how? It, oh yeah, I love that. How how it works? Do you remember yeah, that show? Yeah, and so and then my dad. Um, we were outside all the time. Boop. He call me Boop. Boop. Do you see that salamander? Boop. Do you know how to determine what tree this is? Like we had dichotomous keys when we were like ten, walking through the forest. Like dad being like, okay, what's this tree? And so I wanted to know because it was so exciting to learn. And I. Now, how many siblings do you have? I have one biological, and then my sister um, moved in with us when she was 14. My parents had a huge open door. Anybody that needed a mom and a dad were open and available to, to come into our home. And kids stayed with us for, you know, two weeks, or my sister moved in at 14 and she's still my sister. So, so sir, now, now, did you have now? Is the with your biological sibling? Is there the same kind of curiosity? Yeah, Brian is uh, my brother. He's younger than I am. Uh, it manifests itself in different ways. He gets hooked on something. We also were lovingly genetically gifted ADHD and ADD. The whole and, family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it manifested itself for my brother in like hyper fixation of stuff. So his curiosity came like when he got on something, it was like, and for me, me, I love like an inch deep and a mile wide. Like, okay. So you bring, so you bring up a good, so there are two different types of curiosity, you know? So is everybody curious? They're just curious and different. They fall into one of these two buckets of curiosity. I mean, that's a great, that's a great uh, thought experiment right there. I, you know, I don't know because I also have met people who just aren't curious and it feels shallow, I suppose, where maybe, you know, virtual reality matters more to them or like they don't, maybe they're, I guess we would have to like define what curiosity is and how it's exhibited and then be able to measure how people make choices based upon curiosity you got my gear. You got my gears. There's like smoke, smoke rolling, rolling out of my my brain right now. Do you have? Do, so, so do you think you can sell without being curious? 
Can you be a salesperson? Can you be a good salesperson and not and not be generally not be curious? I'm gonna give you my economics answer. It depends. It depends. That's what economists say. It depends. I think yeah, look, if you're if you're selling to a group of people that's in need, you know people need this thing, then they're gonna they're gonna take it upon themselves to do the research. The the consumer is gonna take it upon themselves to do the research and then buy the product. I think tech sales, I think you have to be curious. Unless again, it's such a bad pain point. You're like, oh my God, my company is at a grind, it's at a standstill. And then you wouldn't care if that person didn't ask you the questions because you already knew that you needed and wanted what they offered. And to me, I think that's right. It's a cop out for this person who's selling that they're not being challenged, but that goes back to you and I, and both of our fundamental beliefs that hard things create opportunities for learning and growth. And so when you have a salesperson and everybody coming to them is like, I want this thing, I want this thing already. And they don't have to change. They're going to stay, stick to the status quo and they don't have to be curious or want to, to know more. Yeah, I just, I just shocked, like I said, I just, and maybe some of it's an annoyance. I'm just shocked at how, um, you know, they, they put young BDRs on the phone, they give them the script, they ask them to ask the questions, they totally miss the cues and the signs. I mean, you'd have to assume nervous. that somebody I would say this, this is, is I have a soft spot for this, um, right? Because we all know what it feels like to be uncomfortable, even though you and I have gotten very good at it. And we now know what level of uncomfortable we feel like or how to navigate it. Like, it's not a stranger to us. Uncomfortable is very uh, warm. It's a sweater, right? We're like, oh, great. We're going to put this on because now we got to learn something. <sighs> okay. And. So do you feel like the curiosity is or, or not? So, so keep, sorry, keep, keep going. I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to understand like, Hey, you got a new SDR, new BDR. They're going through the process. They they're following. Right. They haven't had enough experience yet to let their guard down, to be curious because they're so anxiety ridden about doing well in this brand new job, how to handle working probably for the first time. And, and life. And now they're uncomfortable on the phones a billion times a day with this script and they don't, they don't have the life experience to relax and understand that like, these are just conversations with people. And I think they get so nervous. And so I don't want to put it on them. I wish that companies would take the time to do some mindfulness training with their new reps to help the new Yeah, I think it more of a, like a, not a knock on the BDR. I think about it more on the knock on a yeah. company. That, that, that the companies think that it's okay to, uh, well, I don't know. It's a balance. Cause I start talking and it's like, I, I, like I'm a proponent of scripting because yeah. I think it's really important. Like, I don't know how you could sell, like, I know there's a lot of script haters and you might be a script hater, but I don't know how you could sell if you don't learn the material, right? Like how can you act if you don't learn the script? I mean, there's going to be some period of time where, where it's not natural, but over time, that should transition, right? I mean, you should be able to transition what's awkward to what's second nature. Well, that's why I'm a proponent of a framework and not a script. You have a framework, right? And Josh teaches this. This is what I have the opportunity to coach on, that it's a, it's a framework, not a hard and fast script, because you want somebody to be able to sound natural. You don't want to force them into saying a line that they would never say. That's when it comes out inauthentic. That's when you're like, oh, dear, this poor person. 
they could have taken that line and made it their own, but they were not given the permission or they didn't feel like they had the permission from their superior to change this into something they would say. I think, yes, you have to get the material down. 100%. Well, I think you got to separate it. I think you got to separate understanding the material from executing on the field, knowing the playbook from actually being on the field and running the plays. If something changes on the field, you can't just run, you can't just hand off to the linebacker or the running back if he stopped, if he didn't get the play right and he's moving. Yeah. You know, if you turn around to do a handoff, but that doesn't mean you didn't know the play. So, so I think that you need to memorize something. You need to memorize the material so that you know it. And then you take a framework onto the field and you try and you execute off what you've experienced or what you've learned. Yeah. I think you can memorize. I, I don't know. I think you can memorize the framework. You can memorize the framework and you can know the material. The material is ever changing. The material is a living thing, right? You're always in an organization going to figure out, oh, I could have said it this way. I want to say it this way. So the material builds the foundation for you to naturally move on the field, right? But new reps aren't given space to learn the game either. And so it's a good point. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. It, it, the, there's conf- the script is not the material. The, that's two separate yeah, things. Yeah. And, and that what we do is we try to use the script as a way for them to learn the material and execute the plays at the same time. I think it's two separate things. Yes, it is. It's two separate things. And when these new folks come in and they're bombarded with everything, what's what about this company? What about my coworkers, my peers? What about like all of these things? The last thing that they have the capacity for is to detach themselves from the outcome of this call because it's the one thing that they're supposed to do with, with everything else. And I think taking time up front to work with new reps to help them understand, hey, remember the last time you went to a bar? This is my friend Jeff Burns who taught me this when I was struggling with cold calling. You know, the, remember the last time you went to a bar? Most of me, like, yeah, because it was, you know, two days ago. And great. You sit down and you happen to look over and the person sitting next to you has a t-shirt on with the logo of a prospect. What do you say now? You look at them and probably will say, I know that logo. Do you work there? Right? And the person's going to say, yeah, I'm there. VP of sales. And you're going to go, no, dude, what has the last year like looked like for your sales team? That's natural. That's a conversation. Not, you don't sit down next to somebody and go, can I have 27 seconds to tell you why I sat down next to you? <laughs> <laughs> that gets real awkward real quick. Sure. Go ahead. Could you imagine? I feel like I'm going to try that tonight. There's a bar next to the office. I'm going to just go over there and sit down. If you please, I will give you my cell. Please text me. I, I'll put a $5 wager on this. I want this to happen. I, I feel like I need to throw this out to the community. Hey, if you're listening to this, you need to go. I will get, we will yes. give you money to get this on tape. Yes. No, we will give you money if you use sales tactics you've been taught on the phone in real life and then tell me how it works oh, out that's for awesome. you. awesome. I think that I might be a con. I think we some- might turn that into a content piece over here. I think that could yep. be great. I because think about it, it it doesn't, it doesn't work. work because it's not a conversation. Because you're not caring about what somebody else is saying. You're trying to remember what you say next. I to- totally agree. 
To- totally agree. And that was, I think it would be hysterical to use traditional cold call methods in real life conversation. We could do parody videos on this, Brad. Do, do you feel like, I mean, so one of the things that I think just naturally interacting with people, I think there's, I, I just think most, if I could think about most of my, the relationships that, that are close to me, there is a level of just awkwardness that occurred when we became friends. Like if I think about my, my best friend from college, or I think about, you know, um, some of the, you know, who's my kind of current best friend now, how we met, there was like a level of like, when you meet, like for me, at least when I meet people, there's like a couple seconds where it just doesn't feel normal. Like you got to like work, you got to like work through it. Do you feel that same thing? Or I would say probably not. Right. You don't feel that. You're like, bring it, bring it on. Right. They probably feel awkward awkward because I'm like, you're going to be my new best friend. Okay. Like they might feel like, Oh, okay. I'll just, sure. We'll try it out. That's awesome. Because I feel that a little bit. Like when I, when I meet, when I, not always, but there's definitely times where, you know, and it's probably them feeling it less than it is me. Right. Hey man, I really like your shoes. And it's like, you know, Hey, I don't, I, uh, don't know about that I, i've got a friend from boston and he said when he moved to indiana he's like dude it was weird man everybody would try to talk to me and they'd be like you know how's your day he's like i don't know man How, how's your day get, like he'd be like i get real like i get fired up like i wanted to fight every time somebody talked to me i'm like why is that i'm like relax man people he's like i don't know and, yeah and- i think um it's yeah it for some people, there's that level of awkwardness. Look, it's it's also been my detriment. Like, let's be really clear here, right? That level, that moment of awkwardness can be a very good thing. I've been on the other side where now throughout the course of my life, I have had to learn how to control my nature and not allow my nature to control me because I, it can be, me dialed up to 10 turns a lot of people off. Me at like a six yeah, brings okay. a lot so of So you've had to in. learn that over time that, that you, now can you tell when you're going to oh. 10? Oh, okay. hundred percent. And most of the time it's going like, it's a simultaneous thing where you're like, I know I'm way too much right now, but it's so hard to stop. And that's where the mindfulness practice comes in, right? There's a reason I've meditated. Dude, I, I love it. I mean, how can you not love somebody at 10? I love people at 10, you know, it's like, all caffeinated up. I'm ready to go. Yeah, no. So there's, there's this play, right? Where like, Sales has space for both kinds of people to, to create and form relationships with. And that's why I love team I love, selling. I love, I love team, team selling, selling with who's, yeah. who's an introvert. It's magical because you connect on the frequency of whoever is sitting across from you. And even if that person's in the middle and they can go both ways, having somebody else. There, See, I love team selling too. Like I, as a CEO, I'm like, Hey, get me on, get me on the deals. Not because I want to take over, but I just feel like I love that that energy. It's like you're answering the question, they're answering a question, you know. I-, I wish we did, I wish we did more of it, right? Like having somebody with you, you don't ever have to be alone. Like cold call buddies. Get with your best friend, get on Zoom, make the cold calls together. It doesn't matter if you're from a different company. Literally, one person goes, the next person. So when you screw up, you have live feedback from your bestie, or they're going to call that's you a, out and be like, well, a, that sounded like shit, didn't awesome. it? That's awesome. Get you. Right? Or when somebody's, when somebody's nasty to you on the phone, you can hang up and be like, well, that guy spilled his Cheerios this morning. And like, I'm always shocked. I, right you know, I'm, I'm sure maybe I've, 
I'm, maybe I've done this. I'm always shocked at VPs of sales who who are mean to the or who, who are just you know like, hey, what are you calling me for? And you're like, hey, man, are you treating your sales t-? like I know? Like we called you because we know you have a bunch of sales development reps. Are are you? Is it's really going down right now, like this? So, but you're right. Everybody has a different experience. Like you don't know what happened before you hopped on the phone, right? Yeah, but that's still that that is still crazy to me when salespeople are rude to other salespeople. Like, bud, you know the grind. Why? Like, what? You're not that far removed from this, pal. Like. It's, um, that's why I think it's hilarious when, you know, somebody like Josh Braun gets on and still makes cold calls or like you have these people who are looked up to in sales communities who will still jump on yeah, and like do I, sales I, stuff. I, uh, I, love I love that too. That. He's done great. He does great. He does great stuff. So how'd you get, I know we're, we're probably cruising down to an hour here, but how'd you get connected with Josh? And then what are you doing? What's, uh, what are you doing now? What's, what's happening in, in your world today? Um, well, I got connected to Josh because I cold called him. So shout out to everybody who's listening to this. Just make the call. You have no you, idea you when it's going to be don't life know. changing. You don't know. You literally don't know. <laughs> you might cold call your next boss. You don't know. Um, and what's happening today is that I have accepted a position with an extraordinary company called Smart Path. And they are about equitable financial education and personalized coaching by way of an employee benefit. Um, financial wellness is near and dear to my heart. I have my own uh, you know, financial story. And so many folks have never had the opportunity to learn personal finance, to learn how to budget. And it's really tough. And we see it all the time. We see what financial stress does to employers. And we see what it does to homes and households. And so to be able to be part of a, an organization that says, hey, here's all the resources. Here's a place for you to step in and freely and openly ask anything that you need without fear of being pitched or sold to on some kind of financial product. This is strictly for you and your spouse and your family as an opportunity to learn how personal finance works for you and what you need to do to put yourself in a good position. And they have coaching and like, it's, 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 so how's that, how's that sold? So, so are you selling that to, to HR? Or are you selling that executive level? Like who makes the decision on something like this? Yeah, we go to HR or CFOs and we also work through insurance awesome. brokers. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, uh, so I have a friend who's got a business a agency and he won't hire anybody without them having to take a, a financial literacy class. His belief is, Hey, you know, when I bring you onto the company and it's a small bit, I mean, there's probably 10 employees, but you know, his belief is like, Hey, if I can, I'm going to steward you with money. I need to make sure that you're going to be the best steward with the, the money. And if you can be a good steward of your money, then that's going to create opportunity for me to give you more money in the future, whether that comes through commissions or advances or whatever, and that you're going to, that you're going to be in good shape. The last thing and his, the last thing he wants is like, Hey, I got an employee who all of a sudden their problem's my problem, right? Cause if they can't, if they can't manage their money as a small employer, then, then I'm going to be the backstop um, yeah. for all that. So I love it. I love, what was the name of the company again? Smart path. Smart path. Okay. Yeah. Smart path. All right. And it's, they set everything up on this really wonderful, easy site. And you go through 
a quiz to understand where you are presently with your finances. And then they curate you with this mini financial plan that says, great, you need to worry about doing a one month emergency fund for savings. Here's how you do that. And oh, by the way, here's a personal coach to help walk down this road with you so you don't feel left that out. That sounds great. I think that's a great first step if you're an entrepreneur out there and you're listening. I think it sounds like a great sounds like a great program. All right. Well, anything anything specifically that you wanted to cover that we didn't cover that you're super passionate about? It sounds like you probably have a lot of passions. I have a lot of passions, but the one obviously is is the ocean. So for anybody listening, do your research on the products that you buy. Be mindful that, you know, the ocean will still look the same, even if everything is destroyed underneath it. You'll still stand on the beach and it's still going to look the same. So take time to learn a little bit about what goes on underneath and um, how to protect it. And of course, let me know. Normally I throw up Ocean Tuesday videos. So I, I, I've, seen, I've seen some of those. Well, okay. Well, great. Well, Kendra, thanks so much for coming on. There's so many good takeaways here. Um, how'd I do? You did great. This was so much fun. All right. I had, I had fun too. I'm in it for a competition about act, like using cold call techniques in real life well, yeah. and just walking up to people and being like, do you have 27 seconds to tell you why I walked up to you? And I, just I love wait. it. All right. Let's, let's, uh, I'm going to keep this on the radar and see if there's somebody out there that's going to either, they'll have to pull it together or you and I will have to do it. Maybe we'll have to get together and just show up at an airport somewhere and, uh, oh, and we'll, just, we'll just run the play on the, uh, on everybody at the airport. So, all right, maybe we'll do it. Okay, well, this was great. All right, thank you so, thank you so much. What a fantastic interview there between Brad and Kendra Warlow. We appreciate her coming on the show. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you, do you guys think you can uh, take the challenge and, and head to your local bar, airport, somewhere, and use some of the things you've been taught to cold call? on a person, just a random person sitting at the bar. That is their challenge to you. If you guys do try it out, let us know how it goes. As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in Decision Point. If you want more information on the podcast, go to monsterconnect.com forward slash podcast. Uh, you can get last season's, uh, last year's episodes. You can get all the new episodes for this year. And as always, remember, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can. Until next time. Yeah.